welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to your favorite podcast where a couple break down movies thematically by month and one of them dies a little each time. I am the girlfriend, Cindy. I am. I'm Josh. I'm, I'm neither the girlfriend nor the one that's dying. He is the murder. He's the murderer, guys. He just doesn't like to use that title. I'll I'll use it. I prefer murderess. <laughs> <laughs> murderess uh, this month uh february we are doing uh erotic thrillers and we did dress to kill a problematic tra- movie about transgender disorder transgender i don't what do they call it they didn't call it transgender in the uh, movie they did say transgender because that wasn't a term then it was transsexual well whatever it was problematic this Week. They had yet to d- d- divorce sex from gender. That was the thing, yeah. This week, what are we watching? Um, I was actually, like, looking at doing something, like, weirdly kind of horror adjacent that was not so mainstream. Okay. And I was like, have you ever seen Fatal Attraction? And you were like... I have not. No. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess we're going to watch Fatal Attraction. So now, here we are. Okay. Fatal so this, Attraction. We're going to come at, come at, we're gonna have to come at this differently um because i know fatal attraction i mean i'm a i'm i'm a gen xer i know this movie you know what i mean like i've never you seen it you know it from a pop culture right. standpoint you does that make sense like you've never seen it yeah I've, I've just never actually seen it but i know you know the the beats i guess you know of it i know of it i know you know very important notes do you know not notes like set pieces i think but uh it's interesting okay. because like well i guess we'll get to that at the end I, it might be you also could fully be describing when you start telling me what it is that you think this movie is like it wouldn't be surprising if you were like Da-da-da-da-da. i'm like that's just basic instinct you just describe basic instinct and i've never seen basic instinct so either. Like, that's actually i think possibly even bigger in the zeitgeist in the, in the world of erotic thrillers i discovered sliver and was like i'm going to stop That's right a, here such a weird one and i'm just going to hold on and to poison sliver ivy. real and poison tight ivy. and poison ivy and poison ivy wasn't even it it wasn't though it was the trailer like that's all it was <laughs> Uh, I, I was a weird Good kid. Good lord. Okay, so um, <laughs> let's talk about 1987. Yeah, this came. All out. right, 1987. So seven years after Dress to Kill. This is still uh, the Reagan era, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He would have got elected in '80 and left office in '89. 80, yeah, '89. Okay. Like January. Yeah. Um. So '87 is the year of the Maryland train collision. I remember that. I remember watching the news of that with my dad. I don't. Uh, the second Unabomb letter, Reagan publicly acknowledged the Iran-Contra affair. AZT was approved for uh, the treatment of HIV and AIDS. Uh, WrestleMania three happened. Platoon won Best Picture. Black Monday stock market mini crash happened. Um, this is a year that we've talked about a lot on the podcast. And in a minute when I go through the movies, I think we're going to see a lot of carryovers. Uh, that was the year that we gained... Michael B. Jordan, um, who sadly just lost his father, Carl Weathers. <laughs> I was going to say, you're about to say Carl Weathers. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Uh, Action Jackson. Okay. You, you fucking ruled. Um, Zach Efron, Karen Gillan. That was the year that we lost. Douglas Sirk, Liberace, Andy Warhol, Randolph Scott, Rita Hayworth, Jackie Gleason, Fred Astaire, and Lee Marvin. All right. So. That's a... Some big names. 87. 87. Um, the, the top 10 of that year, uh, going from 10 to 1, was Witches of Eastwick, uh, Lethal Weapon, Stakeout. I can't believe Stakeout beat okay. Lethal Weapon for that year. Uh, the Secret of My Success. Six was The Untouchables. Five was Moonstruck. I love that movie. Just lost Norman Jewis in the director like a couple weeks ago. Oh. Uh, four is Good Morning Vietnam. Three is... Beverly Hills Cop 2, 2, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> this is the number two Whoa. movie of 1987. I guess box, that explains why it's such an important part of our uh, And number one, what beat Fatal Attraction? Three Men and a Baby. Oh, there it is. 
Three men. Loved that movie. Leonard Nimoy with that clutch number one spot that year. Loved that movie. Uh, The other movies that came out in 87 that did not make that list are Overboard, Prince of Darkness, The Stepfather, and I'm on Elm Street 3, uh, Angel Heart, Evil Dead 2, uh, Raising Arizona with Null and I, The Gate, Creepshow 2, uh, Predator, (laughs) Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, Spaceballs, Princess Bride, uh, Adventures in Babysitting, Full Metal Jacket, RoboCop, uh, Lost Boys, Bangers, Mate One, Hellraiser, Near Dark, and The Monster Squad. Damn. There you go. 1987. Um, this came out September 18th of 1987. Okay. It is rated R. It stars Glenn Close. Well, hold on. We're not there yet. Because no, it is one hour and 59 minutes long. That's too long. That is the typical old school minutes, movie time. 30 minutes too long. Um, this movie is directed by Adrian Lin. Uh, or Lin. Uh, he's a British-born filmmaker who directed Flashdance. I did like that movie. The movie about the Pittsburgh lady who was a steelworker by day. And a dancer, dancer by, by night. night. Um, nine and a half weeks. Just a really horny movie. Um, and then this in 1987. So he did nine and a half weeks in 86. Then this. Then Jacob's Ladder, which is my favorite movie he did. Uh, and Decent Proposal, which was 1993. Which is the, it begs the question, how much would you take to let your wife have an affair with someone? Like, how much money it would have to be on the table for that to happen, right? Yeah. Before, first of all... <laughs> this isn't a conversation we're going to have on... It's, on no, 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 no. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. And Robert I, Redford. I, I love Woody Harrelson. But Robert Redford but it's fucking at his prime. Robert Redford at and his like, prime. In ni- yeah, in 1990, <clears throat> Robert Redford. You're like, yeah, I will fuck you for free. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, here's the kind of relationship that, that you and I have. It's like, I mean... Go ahead, but like, tell me all about it, right? When you're done, like that's, um, like, yeah, go ahead, like, then come back and like we'll talk about it, right? Yeah, okay, cool. I mean, I have always identified as straight, but I I can admit, like, 1990s Robert Redford right. is yeah, it's a different it's a handsome level. dude. It's a different level. Uh, he also did Indecent Proposal in 1990. Just horny movies. Yep. Right, horny movies. Um, this movie is written and based on a short film. Uh, by James Dearden, um, who did The Cold Room. And the music is by Maurice Jarre, uh, who Jarre. did... I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, because okay. it's a French name. Okay. But I, it's one of those things where, like, I've seen his name a million times, but I've never heard it said aloud. So I'm guessing... Oh, well. Uh, he is the guy who basically gave us the scores for Eyes Without a Face, Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Zhivago, Gambit, Five Card Stud, which is one of the most slept on westerns ever. The Damned, Topaz by Hitchcock, The Man Who Would Be King, Firefox. Firefox, quickly, is a movie where Clint Eastwood steals a Russian fighter jet from the heart of Russia and escapes Russia with it. There you go. It is a really dumb movie (laughs) that he did the score for. And I I have weird connection to it because my grandpa loved that movie. Watched it all the time. Um, Enemy Mine, Mosquito Coast. Dead Poet Society. Love it. Ghost and Jacob's Love Ladder. Love it. There you go. Is now, Jacob's Ladder scenario? Um, We are at the cast. Okay. So go ahead the and cast. guess who's in this. Okay. Glenn Close. Yes. She's Michael second build. Michael Douglas. First build. Oh, the third lady whose name I'm going to forget is also very famous and always gets overlooked. And I'm sorry. Well, who's the, who is it? Ann Archer. Ann Archer. Uh, and then that's all I got. Okay. So Yes. Michael Douglas is top build. He is Dan Gallagher. He is a producer turned actor, son of Kirk Douglas. Yep. Uh, he produced One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. Uh, he starred in The China Syndrome, Romancing the Stones. Um, he produced Starman, that John Carpenter movie. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, he produced Flatliners. Okay. The movie where... The movie we don't talk enough about. Yeah. They, Kevin Bacon and Julia Roberts. To see what the afterlife's like. Um... He also produced Double Impact, the Jean-Claude Van Damme separated at birth twins movie. Yep, Double um, Impact. He, he produced Face Off. I love that movie. 
Thank you for your thank you for your producing. Thank you for your thank you for your contributions. (laughs) Thank you for giving me twin Jean Claude Van Damme. Thank you for giving me face off. (laughs) One has slicked back hair and he's all business. The other one has has fun underwear and he's the fun lovable American one. Fun underwear. They both sound French, even though neither of them were raised in France in that movie. Don't worry about it. I fucking love that movie. Don't worry about it. Um. Okay. We don't see color. We don't hear accents. Uh, As an actor, he was in Romancing with Stone. Wall Street, which came out the same year as Fatal Attraction. Oh, yeah. Um, Basic Instinct. I mean, I thought we were still talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I was like, I didn't know he was in Wall Street. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Let's all take a minute and make sure Jean-Claude Van Damme in Wall Street. I'm going to go downtown. I'm going to make all the money. <laughs> Greed. Greed is very, Greed is very bad. Greed is good. Uh, I'm European. Um, that was my worst French accent, but go ahead. It's, he's not French, though. He's Belgian. He's the muscles from Brussels. Yeah. Uh, no, Michael Douglas starred in um, Wall Street, which came out the same year as Fatal Attraction. He's also the lead of Basic Instinct. Literally the two biggest erotic thrillers, just horny thriller movies, Let's star Michael Douglas. think about that for a minute. And then there's a third that we don't talk about that often called Disclosure. Oh, was it Disclosure on how did this get made? It's so random. Disclosure is one of those movies where it's like, I remember the poster and I think I've seen it once. Is that the one where it's reverse sex? It's the one where reverse sexual Demi, harassment. Demi Moore's like, I'm going to fuck you. And yeah. he's like, please don't. And, every, no. and everyone in America was like, we don't buy this. We don't believe that. We believe can... that. No, I think people could buy that. I think believing that Michael Douglas <laughs> is in a sleaze bag. Oh, fair. Like Michael go. Douglas said... The phrase out loud, I got throat cancer from eating too much pussy. And everyone was like, yeah, that's that tracks. It, and that, I mean, that's what happened. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, what happened. But like, could you imagine holding it, like basically being like, hey, in an interview, fun fact why I have throat cancer. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Please don't tell us that. <laughs> You're as old as my grandpa. <laughs> uh, he was also in Falling Down. A movie that is very good, but one of those movies that people misunderstand and think he's the hero when he's actually the villain in the movie. Right. I said it. I said it. Never saw it. Um, Don't have an opinion. He's in The American President. Yeah. Everyone kind of loves that movie, right? Um, However, my two favorite movies he's in are The Ghost in the Darkness, where Val Kilmer has an Irish accent for a second. Yeah. (laughs) About the lions. Where they fight the lions. Best lion movie ever. The book that's based on is better, but go ahead. Well, I mean... There's only like five instances in the history of a time when the movie is actually better than the book. Usually yeah. it's almost Jaws. Circle of Friends. Jaws is the best example of like Circle the of movie Friends. is better than the book. Yeah. Um, oh, and the game. I fucking love the game. Like the movie he did with uh, Fincher. The movie's goddamn great. Uh, he's also in Traffic. That was kind of his big career resurgence. And then lately he's just been in those damn Ant-Man movies. Yeah. So that's... Mikey Douglas. Michael Douglas. He uh, is Hollywood royalty. Yeah. He's a nep he's the he's the OG Nepo baby. Honestly. Um, kinda. So Glenn Close plays Alex Forrest. She's an eight time Academy Award nominated actress. She's a wild perm in this movie. Um, her hair is fucking bananas. It should have got like fourth for fifth billing in this movie. Her yeah. hair. Um, as a as a girl with naturally curly hair, I was offended. I remember looking at it and being like, Is that what I look like? I thought you That's, said I heard girth instead of girl. Naturally as, girthy? No, as a, as a girth with naturally curly hair. That's what I thought you said. And I was like, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Why would I call myself I don't know. That? I heard girth. That's what I heard. <laughs> and then my brain immediately corrected it, but I started laughing. In the moment where I thought that's what you said. <laughs> Just like you're laughing right now. <laughs> I get a little bit offended. It's like, oh, God. Uh, so Glenn Close is in The Big Chill. Dangerous Liaisons. Uh, Air Force One, where she's the vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, our America's first vice president female. Uh, she's in Lately That Guess what, bitch? That goes to an African-American woman. Mm-hmm. That, no, but we all know her as Corella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> It's true. That's that's Glenn Close for that's you. That's Glenn Close. 
That's who she is for her people. Ann Archer is Beth Gallagher. Yes. She was nominated for an Academy Award and a BAFTA Award for this movie. Told you. I said, like, she always gets forgotten, and yeah. she's the one who, like, it's a big people deal. People like, hey, uh, why don't we give you the award for yeah. the movie? Um, so she was in... She was on the show Falcon Crest. She went from <laughs> we don't talk about this. Falcon Falcon Crest. Enough. Um, she was Harrison Ford's wife in Patriot Games and Claire in Present Danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's in Robert Altman's Shortcuts because there's a pretty good chance that if you were a working actor in Los Angeles, you were in Shortcuts in the late '80s, early '90s. You are either in Shortcuts or um, The Player by Altman. He put you in one of those two movies. Uh, there you go. And then the fourth build person I'm just going to throw out is Ellen Latson, uh, who plays Ellen Gallagher, the child. I was um, going to say there's a kid involved. She is, I bring her up who because plays she's the... fourth build, but she's also Ruby Sue from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. The little girl oh. who's like, well, her eyes aren't crossed anymore. Well, Clark, she got kicked in the face by a mule and <laughs> well, she, fell out, well, she fell down a well and her eyes went crossed. She kicked in the face by the mule and they came uncrossed. Yeah. Like, there you go. Thank you, Ruby Sue. Hey, Ruby Sue from Christmas Vacation. Anytime I can bring that up, it's a good time. Thank you. Um, this is on Paramount Plus right now. Yeah. Um, there's like a mini series they made where About? they like updated this with like a mini series. So they okay. turned it into like, it's like six episodes, like a six. You want, have like, you seen it? No. Oh. No, Lord, no. I don't have time to watch like five to six hours of fatal attraction i didn't know how big of a kurt douglas fan you were he's not in it michael douglas by me he's not, michael douglas isn't in it it's like it literally came out like two years ago i didn't know if he'd have a cameo i mean he might be in like the attorney who's like maybe calm down bro <laughs> you can get throat cancer you can get throat cancer <laughs> take it from a pro <laughs> <laughs> What if that was the venereal disease that the guy had in Dressed to Kill? I'm positive, and I'm not saying this. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm positive, because that implies that like I could be sued. Allegedly. <laughs> okay. HPV started because of Michael Douglas. That started because of him. You don't have throat cancer and give it to someone's cervix. No, <laughs> no. He just, like, in, it, he fucked so much it just happened. <laughs> he fucked it into existence. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> to be Michael Douglas in the 80s. Good God. Okay. Peak, uh, just so, because we've talked <laughs> about this before with Brad Pitt. Peak hot Michael Douglas is romancing the stone Michael Douglas. <laughs> it's the biggest chin. So, what was that? I mean, Kirk had, Kirk's face was mostly chin. Yeah. There's only one cleft chin I like. Bruce Campbell? <laughs> This is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the movie, and I try to tell you uh, the plot. I, I already know the plot. I know exactly what this movie is about. I know what I'm in for. Um, however, the yeah, it's a picture of Glenn Close and Michael Douglas, and it's being ripped in half. Fatal attraction. What's the hell? I'm, I'm zooming in. Um, On the other side of drinks, dinner, and a one-night stand lies a terrifying love story. Uh, yeah. I know this is a movie about a one-night stand, and she becomes obsessed. And uh, becomes quite like a threat to the family. There's a... She ends up getting prey. I don't know. It's a whole thing. We'll watch it, and we'll see. I know there's going to be a boiled rabbit at one point. I feel bad for that poor rapper. Anywho. Am I right? Maybe. <laughs> uh, this movie has been spoofed so many times. It's like trying to do Cape Fear. Like, you've never seen Cape Fear. I've never seen Cape Fear. But you've seen The Simpsons. So you, exactly. You're like, oh, I know he's going to be underneath the car. I've seen Family Guy. I know what happens in Fatal Attraction. Remember when Meg was obsessed with Adam West, the mayor? Yeah. Click. Adam Good West. Lord. Okay, uh, we're off to watch. <laughs> Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. A look that led to an evening. We were attracted to each other at the party. That was obvious. You're on your own for the night. That's also obvious. A mistake he'd regret all his life. And where's your wife? With a strange girl being a naughty boy. I don't think having dinner with anybody's a crime. 
I've got to see you. This is gonna stop. No, it's not gonna stop. It's gonna go on and on. She keeps calling the apartment. Hello? Every time Beth answers the phone, she hangs up. I'm scared, Jimmy. You play fair with me? Do you have an affair with her? I'll play fair with you. I don't want to lose my family. How could you do that? Are you scared of me, are you? You're afraid. If you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you. You understand? Daddy! I'm not going to be ignored. Alicia, where's Ellen? She's gone. Call the police. Whatever resentment she's feeling, she's probably got it out of her system. Ah! What if she didn't get it out of her system? What then? Ah! Fatal attraction. I guess you thought you'd get away with it. Well... You can't. We watched Fatal Attraction, and on behalf of naturally curly-haired girls everywhere, I take offense to the hairstyles that were portrayed in this movie and how we were seen and portrayed. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, the hair was insane. I just wanted to run up behind both Ann Archer and... I almost said Meryl Streep. <laughs> and just put some, uh, like, conditioner. Just... Just calm the hair down a little bit. A little bit of gel. Um, the 80s were all about mousse. And that's, you don't want mousse. You don't I, want to add yeah. air to that. You want water. Lock the moisture in. I just, <sighs> it I was would, really uh... hard to watch the hair. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of things that were wrong with this movie. But the, the hair, I was like, that. there were choices. Wow. Yeah. I think that the Glenn most Close's hair was insane. unrealistic part of this movie mm-hmm. is the mental, the, the, the. The way it portrays mental illness, one. But two, the fact that, like, Michael Douglas isn't in every single scene doing this, like, pulling hair out of his mouth. <laughs> like, no, there's literally fucking hair on everything in in my, like, married right life now. and in my affair life. I'm just eating fucking hair constantly. That's uh, that's what that's how we got the candy. That's Josh. <laughs> that's Josh's contribution to... <laughs> uh, uh. Living with a naturally curly haired girl. What the fuck is this in my mouth? No, it wasn't that their hair was curly. It was just there was so fucking much. Like, halfway through this movie, Glenn Big surprise, I have a lot of hair, y'all. It's just like this giant poof ball. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's just like flying around. It doesn't have to. Oh, gosh, it doesn't have to be. And it's like, there's a hair everywhere. Mm-mm. Put a little. God, it just, it needed like a curl cream. <laughs> and yeah, just. I don't know. It was it upset me in so many ways, but that's neither here nor there. This movie was wild, a wild, wild time. It also reminded me of how um, my preteen and teen students act sometimes. Like sometimes they get a little, and you're like, "What is happening right now? You are 13 years old, and he held your hand in band. Why are you in love and losing your mind? Like, take a breath, calm down, <laughs> like." Which is normal because these are, you know, hormonal prefrontal cortex developed children, not um, grown grown ass women who know better. Michael Douglas is just that uh, creepy guy that loaded for bear, I guess. Um, I don't know. Hey, um, before we talk about this movie at all, uh, I found a fact. I'm just going to throw this out real fast. Right. As we talk about this there. movie, I just want you to think about this. Okay. The director, Adrian Lyne, wanted not Glenn Close. Now, this is a female directed movie? No, it's it's a dude. Oh, okay. I was about to be like, well, this changes things. Um, um, who did Adrian want? All right. Picture Fatal Attraction in your head. Okay. Picturing it. Easy. Done. Tracy Ullman. Huh. <laughs> I mean, she could do it, but it would be hilarious because she's Tracy Ullman. That's it. He wanted Tracy Ullman. You know what I'm picturing when I try to go Tracy Ullman as Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction? I the Venn diagram merges over uh, the sister from *Sorry, Married an Axe Murderer*, the mother from *Highway* that we just watched. What's her name? What's that actress's name? Oh, Amanda Plummer. Yeah, the British. Yeah, that's who I picture. They so, went through a hundred different actresses. Whoa. To try to cast this thing. And here's some of the people that were either interviewed or auditioned or flirted with taking over the role before Glenn Close got it. Okay. Um, Melanie Griffith, Barbara Hershey, Gilda Radner, 
uh, Dame Emma Thompson, Tracy okay. Allman, Deborah Winger, Miranda Richardson. That would have been dope. Um, Kate Capshaw, okay. Allison Duty, um, Duty, Allison Duty. She is the incredibly attractive German woman from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay. <laughs> um, Amy Irving, Diane Keaton, Mia Farrow, Isabella Johnny, Lena Olin, Isabella Rossellini. Oh, how oh, that would have been interesting. Have been. Uh, Jane Seymour, Carrie Fisher, Heather Locklear, Jennifer Grey, Kelly McGillis, Amy Madigan, uh, Annie Potts, Sissy Spacek, Mary Steenbergen, Rosanna Arquette, Faye Dunaway, Angelica Houston, Jessica Lang, uh, Kay Lenz, Jennifer O'Neill, <laughs> Susan is Sarandon, Meryl Streep, Kathleen Turner. I, I feel like they Turner just kind of fucking killed this. Yes. And I see Kim Basinger, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis, Farrah Fawcett, Michelle Pfeiffer, Cheryl Ladd, Christine Baranski. Ellen Barkin. Like, Glenn Close knocked it out of the park. And I'm not trying to downplay that by any stretch. Ooh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, yeah. Like, all these would have brought different... Ali Sheedy, Jodie Foster, Demi... I could see Jodie Foster doing that. See, I feel like they're just listing off people now. Like, well, who would you want in this? Well, ideally, and then I just give you, like, every name of every actor ever. Like, Marlon Brando. Like, well, he's dead. Well, ideally, I'd want him there, though. Like, um, I do believe Julia Louis-Dreyfus... <laughs> like actually audition for this i hope so like She's, i just need you to be aware i need veep to be screaming um, and turning lights on and off okay so let's just let's just do this why don't you tell us what this movie is about the movie is about a man who has an affair uh and he believes it to be like not a one night stand it it's kind of like a weekend flirtation while his wife's away and then he tries to end it and she doesn't want to she is mentally unstable and goes after him and his wife and his daughter and his daughter's rabbit and everything he holds dear until she must be stopped physically. Fiend. Yes. Thank you. Um, I did not read off anything. I'm just really proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, this movie is basically like it opens with a picture of the family and closes with, with a, picture a picture of the family. family. It's a bookend. This family. turbulent time in their lives. The family. Um, <laughs> just Vin Diesel. It's going to be narrated by Vin Diesel. It's all about that, family. It's all about family. Uh, I am Groot. Forgive him. Um, he's only a man. He's a man. These street sharks are amazing. Did you ever see that? The thing where he was God. selling street sharks on that commercial? No, but okay. Um, fucking street sharks. Yeah, this movie is a movie about Michael Douglas being Creepy so hot. And People can't keep their hands so off. So hot that like everyone he encounters professionally is like, "What if we fucked?" Yeah, and he, he treats was, them as he he treats the women around him either as women he wants to fuck or mothers. Like, look at how he treats his administrative assistant. You know, she's like this little mother for him, and you know, even his uh, friend's wife, he's kind of flirtatious with, and I, I don't know, he I. He was creepy to me in all he's, creepy ways. So he's like definitely this, this 80s thing. And I found out that he was basically... Well, it's why boomers have a real hard time with their grandchildren being like, please don't make... Like, no, I don't want to kiss him. Hello. Like, I don't know Uncle... So You know what I mean? Like, come on. Give your uncle a hug. Like, nope. <laughs> it's nope. all Michael Douglas' fault. No, but it's this, this type of acceptable behavior, you know, to be flirty with your friend's wife rather than just, you know, like laughing. Like... I don't know. Like, you notice, like, he had his arm around her, and he's also, like, he's every, he has every, he has it all. They're uh, wealthy enough to be able to afford a house and kind of hold on to an apartment. They, uh, he just got made partner. Like, they, they have this great life, and this crazy woman messes it up. Like, no, he he's welcomed a, her. And, like, a vampire, he welcomed her into the, his he's, life. He's definitely, like, portrayed as a shooting star, right? Like, Things are going really well for and him. This crazy at woman. the beginning of the movie. Why can't you just understand it was and a one night thing? He has a moment of weakness, is how it's portrayed. What I'm saying is um, that he fucked around and he found out and he was upset about the consequences. So did I did things go too far? Yes. Can we Was talk, she mentally unstable? Yes. Can we talk for a second about how the beginning of the movie at the party where they all meet? Like him and his friend meet Oh right. right, close, right. They're at the like, sushi party. They're like Sushi's such a crazy concept. Like, it's such a new thing in New York for them. They're like, this is kind of weird, right? Like, this is quirky New York. It's so interesting that, like, in in that amount of time, we've gone from, like, it's just an acceptable, like, 
nice fancy food. Yeah. And back then people were like, what the fuck is this? Ugh, sushi. Like, there's also some, like, it's not, like, everywhere. It's not, like, you know, Gear of the Dragon shit. But, like, there's definitely moments in the beginning of this movie that where they're very, very racist. racist towards Japanese people. Yes, they're kind of making, poking fun at a client, which is fine. I mean, all, you know, you do that, but, uh, da, 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 you know, the very stereotypical ways you would make fun yeah. of someone from, you know, the Asian, and, like Asian American Pacific Islander. And, it, and it's a thing because his friend, who's kind of, like, heavy set and kind of dumpy, and he tries to have sex with Glenn Close, and she's like, no, I'm good. And then yeah. later, <laughs> he's like, oh, man, you done fucked up. She, like, runs into, um, at the bar, Michael Douglas, and they're, like, flirting. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, everyone here is married and just trying to fuck someone else. Yep. Welcome to the late 80s. And Welcome then, to Reagan's America. That's what I mean. And so we now have a whole generation of Americans who are really, really entitled and don't see why anybody else should not be entitled and it's definitely not because they used up all the resources and it's not because that they created you know and an atmosphere of predator prey in all their interactions with the opposite sex that's not why definitely not their fault but it, this that's on display in this movie a lot um, and I very specifically asked you when we started watching this movie I was like at what point I want you to tell me at what point you go from thinking Michael Douglas is the main villain of this movie to Glenn Close. No, the whole time I thought it was him. And here's why. Well, you were like when she cut her wrist to try to keep him. When she cut her wrist, I, it was that's manipulative. But at that point, I was like, oh, we're dealing with someone who is mentally unstable. When someone does something like that, you don't bandage them and then just cuddle up with them until they feel better. You take them to a facility because they need to be somewhere where they will not hurt themselves or someone else around them, number one. He doesn't do that. He has white man syndrome, cis, you know, heterosis white male syndrome. He can fix it. He can fix everything. And he just kind of bandages her and his, his affection, you know, oh, and she'll be okay. So, of course, she already mentally unstable. She forms a reactive attachment to him. And at any point, at any point, if he had gone to his wife and been like, look, we need to have a conversation about something that happened. I fucked around and I'm finding out. And now this woman is doing these things. Are you going to have a wife freak out at you? Sure. Is she probably going to leave you? Yeah. But that was all something that you chose to have happen. Do you know what I mean? And, but your wife wouldn't be hurt. Your wife wouldn't, you know, be, she's in this horrific act. Like that wouldn't have happened. Your daughter's bunny rabbit would still be around. That wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Like at any point he could have just had some communication and had the balls to be like, I need to take some preventative measures here. No, I, I feel that. I feel like there's never a point in this movie where he's not slimy or yes. kind of the baddie. But I will say, mentally unstable or not, when Glenn Close takes their daughter out of school. Oh, God. Yeah, that's insane. But that, but again, it's like all that can be prevented. It, no, 100%. He invited this into their lives. Just and like he is wrong bad. for that. However... It's some villain shit. Like yep. taking oh, someone's kid out of school and like going, taking like. That's the reason we have the measures in place we do because shit like that would imagine, happen. Like going to school to pick your child up and someone's like, didn't you already pick him up like an hour ago? And you're like, no. <laughs> Who the fuck did you let my kid leave here with? Yeah. Um, yeah. He basically like as. This movie is. Okay. This movie, I'll tell you what it's supposed to be, and I'll tell you what it actually is, what I think it is. It's supposed to be like, oh, man, look at this girl. Like, he had this one-night stand. She needs to calm the fuck down. That bitch is crazy. Sure, she is. Why didn't you, at the, all the opportunities you had to get her help, why didn't you? Because you thought you didn't have to. That You could you could just fix this yourself. Okay. Well, it, you fucked around, and now you found out even more. It's supposed to be this, like, thing of, like, they are moving out of the city. They right. are moving to the suburbs. They're settling into like middle age life, and this is like his like his last big fling, and like his way to like let go of the young version of himself is kind of like how they're, and then he fucks up, right? Yep. Um. And I I think that's what was intended for this movie, right? And also Not like what I saw. who the fuck raw dogs someone in 1987 that you just met at a fucking party? height of the AIDS epidemic, like. It is she terrifying. Gets pregnant, and not only. And is actually probably pregnant. At no point yes. are they like, do they th she show thought, a thing she where She faked like, a pregnancy, yeah. Yeah. 
Like, she's probably pregnant, and Anne Urchard just fucking shoots her in the fucking chest and yep. kills her at the end of this movie. Yep. Um... I was waiting for him to find out like she wasn't pregnant, you know, or something like that. But nope. So do you know what the original ending of this movie was? Uh, Was the original ending that she kills Michael Douglas? No, the original ending was she kills herself while dressed all in white and then with a knife. But she had planned it in such a way that his fingerprints were all over the knife. So he goes to jail for her murder forever. There you go. Like. Interesting. And. Like they showed it, and people were like, "Whoa, not happy with crime." Does not punishment does not fit the crime. Like, yeah, this movie was such a fucking mad. Like, it's a huge part of the American zeitgeist for people my age for fourteen million dollars. And what did it bring in? Three hundred and twenty million dollars. God damn! Like, because it validates wrong thinking that we have, right? Yes. And and I think you know we were talking about like what. what I thought this movie was supposed to be, what I think this movie actually is, is it's this American family, right? Uh-huh. And then we are othering the things that Reagan told us would destroy American values. And because the American family is the cornerstone of American values. I can't even say that like sincerely, but false. The idea of like mental illness, right? Um, children out of wedlock. Yep. Um, she's like very still oddly she's taboo very at this time arty, in America, right? Yep. She's very independent. When we she lives in like a her. she lives in the meatpacking district. She's hip. She's fun. Like, she's everything Ann Archer isn't. His connection. She's very like liberal. His connection to her comes on the back of like for, like a foreigners and a foreign account. So, like, it's all of these things wrapped into a person and then, you know, the, like, the terrible, scary mental illness thing and her clinginess and she's out to destroy this family. And I think the fact that they chose to drop the ending where he gets punished at all, you know, it's like, well, he's been punished enough. It's like, That's okay. so fucking telling. And it ends with. Not even, like, he tries to drown her, and then she pops up out of the water with the knife, and Ann Archer kills her, and then is, like, you know, reestablishing, like, this is our family. Um, we bring it back to Vin Diesel. This this movie is, it, at the end of the day, is really about traditional values and the dangers of, like, you know, these outside influences. And, like, he has an affair when she leaves town in the dangers of, like, urban New York City. So they're moving to, like, the suburbs, upstate, where everything's, like, quaint and nice. There's adorable little school. Like, if you think about it, this movie's kind of like a an 80s conservative's wet dream. And I get, <laughs> I get, I get it. Like, we talked a lot about in Dress to Kill about how that movie, at least I think that movie, was about the dangers of, you know, uh, suppressing your sexuality. This movie is the dangers of, like, expressing your sexuality. Yes. And it's so interesting that, like, seven years after Dress to Kill, seven years of Reagan, we've gone from, like, hey, you know what's dangerous? Um, Not being who you're supposed to be, not being with the person you're supposed to be with, not having these things, to, hey, seven years of Reagan, you know what's really dangerous? Going outside of your lane. Yeah. Don't leave your, don't. Don't leave the family. Nothing's more important than staying with your wife and child. Right? Like, it's the cornerstone of everything. Uh, And it's so, I don't know, like, that's... And it's interesting because Just to Kill was a hit when it came out, but it wasn't a $320 million hit in 1987, which is fucking wild. So, in doing some research for other things, I've come across the idea that in America, we were sold the bill of goods that the American family is the way of life. Because during that time, they were stripping our communities of all its funding and kind of support. And so rather, like, in Europe, people in Europe don't understand how Americans live. Because in all, almost all of Europe, in, no, in all of Europe, you have, like, a community. Like, you live near the rest, like, everything is there. You don't have to, like, there isn't the suburbs and you drive to where there are restaurants and bars, that kind of a thing. Because... In America, it's all about the family. 
But in Europe and places like that, no, it, it's a community. You know, we have townhomes and we have like a builders association and the bars right there at the end of the street. We all go to, there's a pub, there's a community center, there's a local theater. Does that make sense? And so this just fits right into it. And like, all that matters is that he stayed with his family. That's all that mattered. And that is the bill of gold, the bill that we were sold, given and it is bullshit. Yes. And I, I don't, and the thing that's interesting about this movie is... It was a hit. I mean, it was a hit. We can't say, like, you know. But it was rated R, so um, only, you know what I mean? But only certain people were watching it. Well, the, but here's the thing. I remember when Striptease, the Demi Moore movie, came out. There were kids in that movie when I fair. went to see it. Right, like. Because <laughs> you were a kid? I mean, maybe. <laughs> but here's the thing about here's the Fatal thing. Attraction. Okay. It Adrian Lyne was, like, the third or fourth director, I think, if not lower on the list. This was this was originally a Brian De Palma movie. Okay. Oh, interesting. Like, so Dress to Kill to this, right? And then he left, and they were like, how about John Carpenter? Could you imagine? <laughs> it would have been this movie. With John Carpenter. With John Carpenter. It would have been like a synth score, and it yeah. definitely would have ended like in a way more downbeat way. Yes. Like. He would have kept that ending, yeah, for sure. Um, So it's just this interesting, like, it goes all the way down to Adrian Lott, who had done Flashdance. Yes. So, flash dance. Who doesn't love flash dance? But it, it is a weird uh, to put on your CV. Well, I wrote flash dance. You know, a rock rock musical movie about a small town girl making it big as a dancer. Yeah. And uh, I also uh, directed Fatal Attraction about a man who has an affair and a woman ruins his life um, and ends in a homicide. So you know. So how weird and telling is the fact that Glenn Close says people still come up to her and talk about this movie and say a variation of Uh-oh. thanks you saved my marriage what like people are like oh i would have had an affair but when you have an affair this, this happens. happens what I, did she say how she responds when people say that is she does she should, like how do you, huh are you like well i'm glad to hear it are you still married to that person <laughs> like that's how i would take that Please tell me that you left that person who was only staying with you because they're afraid they'll be killed. So I've got a couple going close quotes for you. Okay. So in an interview with CBS News in 2013, she said that if she could do it now, or if she had to do it all over again, she would rethink her portrayal of Alex in this movie because she is now, you know, because of her fear that the film's popularity may um, have led towards a stigmatization of mental health. And she okay. said, I would have read that script totally differently today. The stunning thing is that was in my research for Fatal Attraction. I talked to two psychiatrists. Never did a mental disorder come up. Never did the possibility of that come up. Um, that, of course, we would be the first. That, w- that of course, would be the first thing I would think of now would be the how this is portrayed. Um, she also commented on the hair, <laughs> which is. Ladies love to perm. Regarding the hair. She said, quote, I was terrified. I didn't know what to do with my hair. Put it up. Ponytail. Finally, I said, I'll just let it go wild. Is that and her natural gods hair? gods were with me. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, I hope that she. Huh. Um, during the reshoot uh, at the ending, right? All that stuff in the bathroom was a reshoot. Oh, really? Yeah. It ended with of her like, getting the bath. Ann Archer wasn't involved in that at all. Initially. It he was um, just going to kill her in the bathtub so during the reshoot. No, she remember she kills herself and then he goes to jail for it. That was the original ending. Yeah. So um, during the reshoot of the ending, Glenn Close suffered a concussion. She oh. actually smashed her head against the mirror. Oh shit! Uh, they took her to the hospital, and that's where she discovered she was actually pregnant with her daughter. Oh. Um. Yep. And she also developed ear and eye infections from being dunked repeatedly in the bathtub. For hours at a time. She, whoa. Uh, to this day, she says that watching the end of the movie makes her uncomfortable because of how much she unknowingly put her unborn daughter at risk. Oh. Um, okay. And she said that when she got the, the part, one of the first things she did was to take the script, like she said, to two different psychiatrists and ask them, is this behavior possible? And if so, why? And they both reviewed the script at her request and both came to the same conclusion. Is it what we said? Her... Behavior was, in its own way, classic behavior. Their diagnosis was that Alex had been molested and sexually tortured for an extended period of time while she was a child, and as a result, any emotional pain that she might experience um, that is associated with sex would provoke an extremely violent response. Interesting. So that is what she was playing. 
Um, this movie, her performance was ranked number seven on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Heroes and Villains list. She was a villain at number se- the oh, number seven I mean, villain in American film. I understand that, but whoa, that's a crazy high number. Darth Vader was number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, she's okay. six spots from Darth Vader. Can you just imagine that? Uh, like a mentally unwell human who someone takes advantage of and then she loses her shit. I'm not saying she's right. But, like, she has been vilified to where she is the number seven villain in American film That's history. Um, I don't appreciate that at all. So, we talked about the other women who almost ended up playing uh, the Alex part. How about the people who were almost played the Douglas part? Because he was actually doing, I will give him credit for this. I will, I will tell you a shitty thing about Michael Douglas, and I'll tell you an amazing thing okay. about Michael Douglas. All right. So to get the shot of the little girl who, when she's upset and she's got that little unicorn, okay. right? Um, the reaction shot of when her parents are arguing, he just, Michael Douglas stood off camera and was like, that's a stupid unicorn. I'm going to take it. I'm going to tear it up. And she was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they call cut and he was like, I'm so sorry. I would never do that. And it's like, he's like, yeah, looking back on it, probably not cool to do. And it's Yeah, like, not cool, yeah, honey. Bro. Um, Michael Douglas was shooting Wall Street at the same time. Yeah, that hair, I figure, was he, close. Okay, here's what they would do. The first and third week of the month, he would shoot one movie, and the second and fourth week, he would shoot the other movie. Of wow, the month. wow, wow, he, wow, They were wow, alternating wow. weeks with him on Wall Street. How fucking crazy is that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they, the guys had the, kind of the same vibe energy of, you know, perfect and... Can't, you can do no wrong. One of them, um, Sorry. fucks Glenn Close, um, and the other one fucks over like a million people by being a greedy piece of shit. So, I would argue that his character in Wall Street should be only one hundred years, one hundred films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so people that at one point were considered or talked about for his role, if he could not do it. Because they, they, okay. they went through, like, tw- I found it was 20 directors at one point. Wow, wow. So this was just a, okay, go ahead, um, what we got? Number one, and the one I'm actually pretty fucking on point with, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Could you imagine? The Dan Aykroyd from, like, My Girl, like, the, the what's his name, Sultan Foods guy having the... Having the <laughs> well, it would have been a totally different movie, because you would have yes. started identifying, like, Dan Aykroyd's like a good dude, and then but he if it was been Dan Aykroyd, not a good dude. Radner. Yeah, I'm there for that. <laughs> Tracy Ullman and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, Jim Belushi was considered, of course. Nick Cage was considered. Yeah. Chevy Chase, Kevin Costner. Um, they asked Harrison Ford, and he was like, "No." <laughs> no thank you i'm good but um, i don't want to be that guy uh, the biggest movie star fucking in the world right now i'm good uh same with mel gibson um they tried to get tom hanks and there was talks of tom hanks okay um kevin klein okay i can see that steve martin um nicholson turned it down i believe stallone turned it down um i guess it was actually almost travolta at one point nope Nope, I don't. I say no. Uh, John Voight was considered. Okay. Huh. And the most interesting huh. person on this list, Rick Moranis. <laughs> I mean, he is a good guy. That that really would kind of shake things up. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, uh, there's a rumor that they originally the character was written in the script as Sean Forrest. Um, because they had written it to be based off of Sean Young. Because everyone was like, Sean Young's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, which is kind of shitty. Because Sean Young, everyone's like, Sean Young's crazy. Sean Young's crazy because like she went through the gauntlet of the 80s of like, I'm an attractive human um, <laughs> in a male-dominated industry where there are no checks or balances or Fair. consequences for what uh, yep. people say and do to me. And we'll find out in 20 years just how bad shit was. Oh, and she's uncovered. already... People are like, wait, what? She's already said, like, horrible yeah. things happened to her. Um, but it was a poor audience reaction to the original ending because they felt like he had had enough. Like, he'd suffered enough. 
Yeah. And 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 they wanted to reunify the family. Like that's the thing. That's that all that matters. The audi- like test audiences kept going back to was we just want the family back together. <laughs> it's nineteen eighty seven. There's nothing more important than the family. This like strange, crazy woman. Um there is a term in the United Kingdom because of this movie. Uh it's called bunny boiler. Uh okay. It, the bunny which boiler. Is a United Kingdom term used to describe an obsessive woman with the potential to stalk casual acquaintances okay. or stands. They call it a bunny, bunny boiler. Bunny boiler. <laughs> okay. That's how fucking in the culture this movie was. Wow. I mean, not just in America, though. Um, yeah. it's, I will say it's clever in the scripting that when they have that like date at the park where he's like, ah, he's trying to blow her off, like, ah, I gotta work. And she's like, well... She tells him to bring the dog to the park saying, I love animals and I'm a great cook. Oh, and then later in the movie, she, she cooks the a fucking yeah, yeah. animal. Well, not eat, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you like this movie? Yeah, it was funny. Like, I mean, it was more funny than anything to me to be like, whoa, this was okay once. Okay. I, I feel like, I'm just going to say this now. I feel like there's never going to be a point during this month where we're not talking about something that's problem like problematic because with horror and violence it's either like a yes or a no it's like kind of a binary thing yeah or a little closer to binary like anything sexual is like we have so many weird hang-ups and there's so many like things that have aged culturally yeah like yeah so like anytime you do erotic thrillers that's why i wanted to do two from the beginning of the erotic thriller period like two from the 80s and then two um, from now so what are we watching next are we watching um sliver no. with billy baldwin no and sharon Stone. no okay <laughs> watch a poison ivy uh, <laughs> no i like sliver better we are jumping to 2016 to watch the handmaiden which is a korean film and i will tell you if you wanted to see a movie if you thought fatal attraction and dress to kill were good but didn't have enough nudity and sex by god the handmaiden is here for you <laughs> Okay, well, that is not what I was thinking. But um, like, oh, these movies are. There's a lot of sexy talk, but there's not a lot of like actual oh. sexy stuff. Yeah. Well, by God, get ready, because uh, I was not thinking that. But here we go. Okay, well, uh, until then, I'm Josh and I'm Cindy <laughs> and I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs>